Oh, I could kill these guys for doing this to me. <laughs> I could kill them. I've been singing this song since 3 o'clock today, man. Since 3 o'clock today, I've had that song in my head nonstop. Between that one and what's the other one? Um, you love uh, it and you know it. Oh, listen to me. If there's one thing I'm obsessed with, <laughs> it's these horrific, horrific Nova Zordo songs. Hang on, let's see. I got to get the other one lined up because the other one's even better. But when they did this, oh, man, this is the best. <laughs> listen, see. Listen, see. You don't get it. Oh, I just knocked it. You put it up. Listen. I know what you're saying, but there's a level of nostalgia to this that it's so big. It's like what what it's like um what are like it's some how you what, miss your public school crappy lunch? Like bad pizza day. Right? <laughs> you're like, oh, I wish I could have some of that square cut uh cookie pan pizza. It's that no, but it's like a cult classic that's so bad. So it, like that movie that had um uh oh, I'm so bad with memory like this, especially when I'm on the spot. What's up, Don? So the uh they um who did Amber Heard cheat on Johnny Depp with? What was his name? Oh man, we're already going to the oh yeah, we're going right to pooping on the bed stuff. No, so uh he was he played the guy that got, had to cut his arm off down in the rocks. He got his arm stuck in 127 oh, hours. Uh, James Franco. Okay, so James Franco did a movie with that guy who was like the worst actor in the way. It was just such a bad movie that it was like you had to sit through it and watch it. It was like, you know, one of those. But these songs are, see, Mississippi loves her public school. <laughs> the, uh, no, dude, I disagree. I don't, you know, I got to tell you guys, I, I'm a little disappointed they, they only went with those three songs. But when when they went into My Little Pony and then switched over to, to Glory to Gloria. God in the Highest, and then they go to Titanic and they shoot over to, what was the, what was the Titanic one? I don't even, I don't even know which one that I'm was. I'm not sure. But... I was so mad they didn't stick with that bit. That was the best bit. I almost fell out of my seat when I was listening <laughs> to that. It was so great. Um, oh, let's see. I got just uh, it, Joe. I'm on the air, Joe. Get Joe Bowman. Is that Joe me. the one that's supposed to be on the air? Yeah, too? he's supposed to be on the air with us right now, and he's texting me. Um, yeah, so I the, <laughs> I can't wait. So okay, guys, so we have a we have a pretty fun show tonight. Um, Father Dave Nix is coming on any minute. Uh, Jake Tate's coming on any minute. I'm pretty sure he said Cameron was coming, but he's faked me out before. So, but at <laughs> minimum, we got Jake Tate coming on. I cannot wait to get him on and ask him a few questions. Like, how did they get the count from Sesame Street to do all the voices for the bishops? Wait, they really? <laughs> Obviously kidding. No, <laughs> I never know with you. That I never know with Dude, you. The guy who does the the guy who does the um the bad Italian accent is like well I wanted I wanted to have the mask come down like this. It was so bad. It sounded like the count from uh it sounded like the count from Sesame Street. It was so bad. And I'm saying the animation is so funny too, some of the parts, but 
So I know, I'm me, too gullible, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I say is a joke. But um, Rob and I, before we came on, we, we started talking about it. And it's like, <clears throat> we're we're so entrenched in this stuff. Oh, look who we got. Look who we got. Look who we got. Who's this guy? And Rob, change the format, Rob. Hang on. Oh, look at this guy. This is something I would do, Father Dave, next. <laughs> How you guys doing? Excellent, man. Who do we got here? Anthony Cameron? Anthony and Cameron Rob. and Jake are coming. This is Rob. Um, Rob is my co-host. Um, so I just got done watching it, and I didn't, you, apparently you haven't seen your own edit yet. No. No, I saw one four months ago, and uh, I just made it three-fourths the way through the uh, the new one on the drive-thru. Very high production value. Great job, Cameron. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. But first of all, are you driving uh, an RV? Yeah. That is awesome. I'm, I'm Look at this. Right. To, I'm headed to the uh, FSSP ordination. Hang on, Jake. All right, there we go. Okay, so you're heading to an FSSP ordination. Jake, uh, Jake Tate, we have Father Dave Nix. Hey, we have a fun show tonight. Jake, I was just asking Rob, how did you guys get the count from Sesame Street to do all the bishops' voices impersonations? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Father, how are you? Long time. Hey, no good. See. Hey, man, how you doing? Well, I'm doing good. We released a movie today, so it feels good. Yeah, I just saw three fourths of the uh, new version. Uh, yeah, very good. Father Dave says to me, he goes, hey, I haven't seen myself in it yet. Can you send me a timestamp? <laughs> yeah, we were so, you know, I people. Just, and I, we, I ended up just watching it straight through. I made it three-fourths the way through. It's really, really good. Now, my, one, one of my favorite parts is Father Dave giving us the difference in – so you hear it all the time from Novus Ordo Catholics that they say, well, I go to Mass for Jesus in the Eucharist. But the way he explained – the difference in a, a priest who celebrates the the old rite and how he's actually meditating on the passion as he is celebrating the liturgy. It was like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, it, it just really it was one of those moments where, you you know, you just get like, oh, wow. What? You know, it gave me something to absolutely think about next time I go to mass watching the priest. And obviously, you know, the true presence is not a wrong answer. That's a, that's an excellent answer. But we have to remember the um, the presence flows from the sacrifice, not vice versa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, so I was telling Rob before this, like a lot of us are so entrenched in this. So like when I first found the Latin mass, I, 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 I was I was very similar to, I think, um, uh, Cameron's story. I, I actually just, so after I watched the Mass of the Ages documentary, all these Cameron interviews started popping yeah, up on my yeah. next to watch, next to watch. So I saw him on uh, some some other guy's uh, channel, and I was watching. And he asked G uh, Cameron how he you know found the Latin Mass, this and that, and he said a decade ago. So I had a very similar experience where my first time going, I accidentally went in. So I was in Manhattan, <laughs> and I needed to go to confession. So I was looking up places to go to confession on a weekday. And the only place I found was Holy Innocence in Manhattan at 5.30 p.m. I went in, and after confession, there's a low mass, a daily low mass there. And I was I was like, what, what is this? Is it, I didn't know if it was Catholic. I had no idea what was going on. The order the, confession was just valid. It was the, I didn't know if I was at a Catholic church. It was the strangest <laughs> thing ever. I had never heard. I, I was one of those Catholics who I was like a lighthouse Catholic media Catholic. I mean, I loved Steve Ray. I loved, um, you know, Jeff, Ka uh, 
Jeff Cavins. Jeff Cavins, all those guys. And, and I learned my faith from the Protestant converts of the 90s. None of them ever mentioned that the mass changed at a certain point. So that's was, why I love that's why I love Scott Hahn and Peter Kreeft, because they're so honest about it. They're they're mm-hmm. probably the two most well known in that camp, but uh, they both love the TLM and they're really honest about but that. That's and pretty recent. It, it's recent, but like if you you know, you say to a Protestant, um, you know, to live in history is to cease to be Protestant, right? Because you get to fifteen hundred and earlier and you're like, Oh wait, <laughs> it's just all yeah. Catholic, right? It's Jake, can you turn your thing. volume up a little bit? I can try. Is that on our end, Rob? Can we do that? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Well, it's kind of the same thing with uh, with the liturgy, right? It's like it, if you study the Mass, if you go back <coughs> for six, 60 years, you're just going to know the old Mass. So guys like uh, Dr. Hahn and Peter Kreeft, when they read as much as they do, it, they're going to stumble upon it eventually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's so it was like a shocking thing for me. But after that happened, then you start doing research, right? And it's like, wait, what's going on here? Then you start digging. So I had seen and heard a bunch of Michael Davies talks. I st- like that's that was basically my journey. It was like, all right, Michael Davies. Then of course you go down the Taylor Marshall Road and you go down the typical all the guys that I'm begging to come on this channel with us, you know. Well, hey, like you that. got you got Father Dave Nix. That's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, Listen. I was gonna get I was gonna text Taylor see if he joined us, but he's still in Paris. Oh, he's in Paris. So, yeah, so I was like, "Ah, oh, it's midnight." I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> signal and see if he wanted to join us, but he's, uh, he's in Paris. Yeah, yeah, because he's in, the, he's in the documentary too. So, I mean, listen, I, I had no idea who was in the final edit when I reached out to everybody. So I reached out to Tim Flanders. I reached out to Father Dave Nix. I reached out to Eric Salmon. All the guys, and then I'm watching it. I'm going. Wait a minute. <laughs> so I knew a bunch of them were in the first one, but Tim Flanders, um, he's he he was definitely coming, and then he just texted me. He's like, I'm 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 a little up in the air. He may not make it now, but you know what's funny is he didn't make it into episode one. But at the beginning, Cameron gives the the pay it forward pitch right at the beginning of both episode one and two, and in episode one, that's actually filmed in Tim Flanders' house. So really, yeah, he's <laughs> he must like, have been like really. I didn't make it into episode one, but I'm on my house. My, that's my my kitchen's in it, guys. <laughs> but there, right, so there was what a- was Anthony? What was your favorite part of the movie other than uh, Father Nick's excellent uh, novice of- novice Ordo? Novus Ordo jams, bro. You have no idea. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed okay, with so Novus Ordo music. That part uh, we we went over and over and over uh, as a team because the My Little Pony thing had been in there. That was in there since like the very first edit. We go through like uh, the draft that became episode two is probably like draft fifty something. Like we go through so <laughs> many drafts, right? And the My Little Pony thing was there pretty much all along, but all the other ones got added in later because what we realized is. We were a little bit timid about the My Little Pony thing. We thought people are really going to think that this is just way too critical. But then what we realized is once we added more, it actually made it a little less critical because if you just picked a one-off example, people could be like, yeah. oh, come on. But when you see the pattern there and the, the songs get more and more famous, right? Like you got Willy Wonka in there. You got the Willy Titanic Wonka. <laughs> Dude, it was – okay. So, so I'm once, gonna you, give, add, once yeah. you add uh, those other songs in, it actually in a way became a more respectful thing. And what I've been saying to people who say, oh, that's just kind of a, a cheap shot at the Nova Sordo, I say, 
you know, where does the problem lie? Does the problem lie with the people who let us sing Willy Wonka at mass? Or does the problem lie with the people who are pointing that out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so listen, but there, there's a group of people who are very attached to it. Okay. So I, I've always, all right, me and Rob. Yeah. Well, the, the irony is that, I mean, I think you actually hinted at this happening when you were on our show last time, because Rob and I start every trivia show off with a terrible Novus Ordo song <laughs> yeah. because it's, yeah. they're so bad. And then it just, the chat just goes nuts. It's like, I'm signing out. I'm signing out. I can't listen to this. No way. No way. But the I other have, thing that we've been finding about it is like, it, it doesn't make sense to you until you hear one of those songs that you've heard at your parish. Like, like for me, I didn't get the My Little Pony thing really. Cause I've never heard that well, version of glory to God. And see, but that then, Gloria is probably, I've heard, I hear it in 50% of Nova Sword see, see, that's the thing. It's like everybody's different. So then that was the other thing about adding more songs in is like, you might not get it at first. You might not understand the, the jazzy one. But then like for me, when Willy Wonka comes on, I'm like, the Lord is my life, my salvation. We sing that all the time. <laughs> now, Father Dave Nix only says the traditional mass now. I know that. But you said the Nova Ordo for years, right? Yeah, I've been a priest 12 years. First six was Nova Sorto, last six was TLM. Guys, I have to tell you, uh, just uh, I'm going to have to hop off in a minute, so I'm just trying to get all my stories in. <laughs> um, <laughs> go, ahead, Father, go, ahead, go ahead. Father Dave invited us out to his, uh, his hermitage in Colorado uh, to film there. And guys, I, I, I don't want to just spend the whole time uh, uh, shining tons of light on Father Dave because he's a humble man, but it was so incredible being out there. He said mass for us in his apartment. He heard our confessions. Uh, he made us tea. We had a meal together. And, it, you know, people, all people know is the webcam, right? Yeah. And, and honestly, it's, a, it's the same thing with Terror Marshall, right? People, people just know the, the blog or the webcam. But getting to know people is so crucial. And I'm, I'm so grateful to Father Dave that he was part of our project and that he welcomed us. We had such a blast out there with him. Uh, and then, you know, he's, Thank you. we're eating lunch together and, and he's like, all right, we got to wrap up filming because I'm going down to the abortion clinic to pray. And I, it, it was just like, uh, it was, it was surreal to meet him. And I'm, I'm so glad that awesome. uh, you're well, part of our well, project. Well, also the, the elephant in the room is obviously that Uh-oh. Um, uh, Father Jackson couldn't be part of it. Right. So Father Dave Nix, I think he did a great job filling that role in that aspect. I mean, it's, I, Father Dave, what, I'm not kidding. Like I know, I know you and I are friends, and it sounds like I'm just you know, you know, kissing up to you. I really, really, really thought your your sec- segment in the movie was phenomenal. And oh, thanks. Yeah, there's a lot. Just that one. We, yeah, thanks. You know, and there's a I, there's a lot of really brilliant lines in the whole thing. Um, I guess we got how much time do we have? discuss these because i want to talk about some of the things michael knoll said too and like two how hours much time we got tonight you have oh, you sorry. have unlimited time with us i know i know jake has to get oh, going sure. we'll be on for an hour and a half right. so if you got a long ride you're hanging yeah as long as uh there's data or service here in nebraska i'm driving from uh denver to the fraternity seminary as long as there's data i can keep going yeah hang hang for the show i love or that service. <laughs> yeah. jake what do you are you gonna do other appearances Sorry, say that one more time, Anthony. You have to do other appearances, appearances, Jake. Uh, Cameron's doing most of them, and honestly, most of them ended. Uh, most of them were like a build-up, and then uh, I'm sure we'll get a couple trickle in now that people are are seeing the film. 
Um, but most of them we try to get Cameron on because most people don't want the uh, the light guy. They want the actual. <laughs> <laughs> I personally like you better because you're the one that talks to me. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, there's, there's one thing I did want to ask you before you go. What made you guys go with a 3 o'clock release today? Yeah, I, honestly, this is just like totally my fault. So the, the first <laughs> promo the first promo we ever did uh, said 8 p.m. Eastern. And, and we were just like 8 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern. And then um, my editor creates this amazing trailer that we released a week ago and the ending title he put 10 p.m he wasn't part of the first trailer and so he just did it as like a placeholder and i i was supposed to edit it and i just totally missed it so then so it was like 8 p.m for a month and then last week it got changed to 10 p.m and then cameron was like well it's the feast of the ascension lots of people are going to evening mass with their families so I don't even think we should do it in the evening. I think we should yeah, do it during that's the day. A, that's a big problem. <laughs> well, I just want to say this because when you guys did the first one, you did an 8 p.m. Um, yeah. start on the East Coast, and it was an event for us. Yeah. So I remember I gathered my whole family. I invited people over, yeah. and it was like an event where today when it came out at 3, I watched it on my way home from work. Then yeah, when I, some people I watched can't it wait, again, right? Yeah, we I hoping that, I'm like we a little kid. That you know? By releasing at three, people could, you know, if they wanted to wait, they then they had the opportunity to watch it at six or eight or whatever, you know, whatever made sense for their watch party. So, uh, although uh, I definitely botched it with the release times, it had seven thousand. No, he's at eleven now. Eleven. I was going to say yeah. it had seven thousand. It's eleven thousand oh, live. Okay, yeah, wow, yeah as awesome. a premiere, it was it was about it was about six thousand in the live premiere. I watched the live premiere. So I haven't haven't actually kept track of it. um, And it's not because I'm humble. It's because I, I was on live, like managing the chat and my wife's got, I've got three little kids and my wife's downstairs. It's like, that's like the worst time for kids, right? It's like, they're getting tired. It's almost dinner time. And (laughs) so my wife's holding down the fort. So it's all quiet and everything. And I like take my headphones out come down the stairs after the premiere and my kids are just throwing up everywhere. <laughs> and so, so between, between the premiere and now I've just been like helping my wife with sick kids. So I actually haven't even really paid attention to it. Uh, you're at 13 right now. I just your checked. kids were that shocked. Yeah. The, your kids were that shocked. They heard my little pony and that was wow. the end. They, they got it. Yeah. They said, well, he I just did what say, with the cannon? Yeah. I just want to say again, thanks to Father Dave Nix. Thanks to everybody who was part of it, everybody who's been promoting it and, and sharing it. Um, all, all glory to God. I mean, I just have this overwhelming sense of peace now that this is released. Mm-hmm. We're really proud of this work, and the Holy Spirit's hand has been through all of it, through the ups and downs and everything with Father Jackson. And everything that's happened, the Holy Spirit has just been knocking us in the back of the head saying, hey, you guys go this way. And um, I, I pray that God keeps doing that because this is his project not ours. And um, I'm just, I I hope it, it changes hearts. Yeah. I've, I've kind of decided I've come to the conclusion. I don't care about view count. What I care about is that the people who do view it, however many that is 10 or 10 million, that it it has an effect on their heart and their spiritual life, like the Latin mass did for me. And so that's, that's my prayer and let's just keep it going. Yeah. Jake, man, thank you so much for taking time. It was worth it. Exactly. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much guys. Father I do want to get safe. you. I do want to get you back on, and I want to hear your whole story because we flirted around with that last time. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to reach out to you, and then me and Rob will get you on just you one day. Let's yeah, it'll it, be yeah. fun. Sounds good. Right. Thanks a lot, right, guys. Jake. God thanks so you. much, man. So yeah, now Father Dave, what did you, uh, what did you think of uh, Michael Knowles' appearance? Wait, wait, I wanted to ask you something. So how'd you, uh, how'd you watch it driving home? We on.
I, I, I watched it, press, right? or what is it, yeah, it's the same way you're talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were, dri- you were driving I, yeah, watching it? I have an iPad mount in my truck, <laughs> and I had it. So I watched it twice because on my way home, I watched it, like, you know, on, on the iPad mount. But you can't watch it so much as listen to it. And then when I got home, I rewatched it. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a little rural here. Maybe you guys – I think I'm coming up on – uh, North Platte. So maybe you guys should talk among yourselves and I'll just jump in because I might be a little digitized right now on the data here. Okay. I mean, service, you still right? sound clear. Yeah. So Robin, am I clear? Oh, I can yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, still clear. I'm, I'm coming up on North Platte. Maybe there's a good time for me to talk then because I'm coming up in North Platte. Well, you know, I, I think this might be a longer topic maybe after you have people long logging off. I don't know how exciting this is for people, but you know, when Michael Knowles mentioned at the beginning, was there a shift or a rupture? I mean, that's the big question in all of this right now is, was, was this a shift or a rupture? But maybe that's a, maybe that's a TLM 501 question to tackle in an hour. Not, not right now. If we're just talking our favorite parts of the movie. Well, no, you're right. You, okay. So they were talking about the tree and the organic development. Yeah. And this is a whole new tree they planted. This is not pruning right, of a tree. The, this is a whole new plant. Well, and that's, I mean, that's that's what's so interesting. And actually, Jake mentioned this getting off, just the power of the Holy Spirit in the making of this movie. And, you know, maybe before we jump into something that intense, I think it's interesting that Cameron said right at the beginning, you know, at the kind of the uh, the footer at the beginning of the whole movie, just historically, this is going to go down in church history as, um, oh yeah! Like Pivotal. The, in other words, what's the chance? Yeah, what's the chances this movie is going to come out when the traditional Latin Mass is under more serious attack now than it was under Pope Paul VI? You know, that's it's probably being overused. The phrase "there's there's no such thing as a coincidence," but it really is true. These guys had planned this movie, making this movie before we knew that the TLM was going to get dialed down globally. What's the chances of that? Yes, like oh. Traditionis Pistonis drops, and then episode one comes out two weeks later. <laughs> that yeah. was the thing that they struck didn't... me for sure. I mean, you guys, you guys didn't plan that. No, it's just amazing. Like it was just insane. But and that probably does have to do with why there was a hundred thousand people watched it live the first time. But I think they did. I think they should have done an eight o'clock premiere on a Friday or something. Like yeah. I, I, I think. I mean, I think they'll get the same amount of views in the long run. But it was an event yeah. for us. The first episode came gotcha. out like we had we had a we had a watch party, you know, where today it was kind of like, oh, I got to watch it now as soon as it comes yeah. out, you know. So I, I feel like episode two, though, is a little bit different. It's a it's a different movie in the sense that with episode one really captures the 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 visual stunningness and the auditory stunningness mm-hmm. of the Latin mass. And it tells an, uh, a, a series of very interpersonal stories about what brought people to the Latin mass. Episode two is a story about some church it's a, history, it's a, history. It's a, yeah. it's a church history story and it can be a little much i mean it's well how do i say this it's not well, gonna be well, let, me, the, let me ask you this mark did yeah. you do, do you attend the latin mass or you go to nova Sordo? no we attend the we attend the latin mass at a fraternity parish here uh, just oh. around the corner from my house so I'm very okay very so blessed. i was starting to tell jake when i when i first found the latin mass i started digging so i started watching michael davies talks and things like that so yeah. a lot of the things from the movies I knew already. I'm assuming all of you guys kind of did too, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So 
I'm not sure you and I are the right judge for how well of like so I thought the documentary was phenomenal. I thought they it was filmed amazingly. It just didn't have um so the 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 highlights for me were um the things that I didn't know already and I spent the last 3 years studying these things. So I really do wonder how a normie who doesn't know this stuff so so I have some insight into this because my wife was raised in the post conciliar church and she, I, it's been our, our, our struggle throughout our 17 years of marriage for me to get her to understand why it's important to go to mass every Sunday, why it's important to, you know, go to confession, why it's important to do these things. Um, and she didn't know any of the story. Are you still, are you guys still there? Yeah, we're still. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she didn't really know any of the story, and so I, I, I looked at it as okay. I can sort of tell when the average Catholic is going to lose the narrative here because I've been telling this story myself. We've all been telling this story to other people as much as we can for a while, but they never seemed to get to that point where the average Catholic is going to lose interest. They manage. What was amazing to me is did okay? Did they tell the whole story? No because that would be a 36 hour long film and no one would watch that. But they right. told, they told enough of the story in the right way that your average non liturgy geek Catholic mm -hmm. who, who just goes to mass every Sunday can watch that and go, Oh, so that's what happened at Vatican II. So that's what happened after Vatican II. And that's what I felt the church has needed for a long time because there's books galore for those of us who are dug into the liturgy and the academics of it. Yeah, so that, and that's what I was saying. Like guys like us, right? This is what like we wanted to know. Like we're we're the ones out there, like telling everybody you gotta go to the got So we kind of know. Now, did you did you get Father Dave? You you only got three three quarters of it. Yeah, I'm a little digitized. I I better just keep listening for a while. I'm pretty. Oh, okay, okay, all right. So yeah, I better just listen for a while. The the best part to me was how prophetic uh, Archbishop Lefebvre's comments were. Mm. So Archbishop Lefebvre, there's a there's a clip that I actually cut because I I've, I know a lot of guys have read uh, the Lefebvre documentary, uh, the the Lefebvre biography, and stuff like that. I'm not. I mean, I visit uh, an SSPX chapel. I say I say once a month. Once a month, I go to the chapel, but I've never like delved that deep into Lefebvre. But when you really hear some, what Lefebvre said, I, I cut this one clip. I'll just show, I'll just share the audio because it's so amazing. God, hang on, let's see. Vacation. All right. ecumenism that will not attract a single Protestant. Okay, wait. Let's go to the beginning of this. Okay, ready. These changes are but one justification. A senseless ecumenism that will not attract a single Protestant to the faith, but will cause countless Catholics to lose it, and will instill total confusion in the minds of many more who will no longer know what is true and what is false. So just think about what he said there. This mass will not attract a single Protestant, but it will lay confusion to people who will not know what is true or what is false. It's going to cause countless Catholics to lose their faith and they won't know what is true or what is false. And what a prophetic statement to the point where 
the clergy and the hierarchy have lost understanding of what the faith is because the mass changed, I believe. Well, they clearly I, lost understanding of what the Protestant Reformation was about. I mean, how in the world could you come to the conclusion that this will bring the Protestants back when the Protestant Reformation happened 80 years before Trent? Yeah, and Trent was the way to solve the Protestant Reformation. Well, yeah, the, I, I mean, it just, I, and this is one of the things I asked Cameron when I had him on our show was the sheer narcissism of believing that you can write a better liturgy in an hour and a half on the back of a napkin than the Holy Ghost can write in 2,000 years. You know, at what point are we going to say, maybe this person is a narcissistic sociopath and we might not want to listen to him anymore? But yeah, it's like, then again, it's just me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was reading comments, and but, I, but you're right, 100%. There was um, also Paul VI. Paul VI um, says, no predisposition to change everything without reason. Must oh no predisposition to change everything without reason must govern this investigation. Talking about the concilium, he says, nor a hastiness to amend and revise everything. The guides must be a devout prudence and a reverence combined with wisdom. They did not follow that whatsoever. Uh, I mean, yeah, Bunini clearly hid what was really going on from him and clearly misrepresented Paul the Six wishes to the the rest of the concilium. So. Now, I, I, I was kind of glad they only glanced over the Freemason uh, uh, controversy with Bunini because yeah. as they went over and I'm saying, I can read the Where Peter Is articles already <laughs> with them saying, I, I, like, I just know oh, another conspiracy theory. I mean, you saw what they did to infiltration when he came, when uh, Taylor came out with that. I was kind of glad that they only spent like a few minutes on that and that they balanced it out after with um with uh, 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 uh the i forgot who the priest was but he said look it's not about whether he was a freemason or not it's about the fruits of his labor and what came from that you know so i was really happy they did that because i didn't want it to become so i do think that those of us who are interested in that should be doing break off shows to delve into that topic deeper but i'm glad the documentary didn't obsess on that it's one of those stories that it's like it could be true but it could also be made up and we'll never know the truth. Yeah. And the catechism admonishes this quite clearly that in, in areas where we are not absolutely sure of the culpability of someone, we need to assume that. Yeah. Yeah, to be charitable. That and, yeah. And not, and not spread slander. So with that in mind, I'm going to discontinue <laughs> my, my background screen, which I thought was funny at first. And now I've realized. Yeah, wait, no, put that back on. I thought Rob was doing that. What is going on with that? And I'm yeah, like, what is going on? That was me. Do you have a green screen? No, I just you can you can you can put these. You, you can, can do put, that in Streamyard. It works better if you have a green screen. See how his face is all kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Rob was messing with you. I'm like, what's no, going on? I, I, I saw that. And I thought it was being cute, but it was reality. It was probably. I'll I'll, I'll confess it. That's probably so, a, that's probably a real for sure. I'm gonna bring that with a confession. <laughs> uh, well, I don't. I don't think. I mean. You know, in, I don't know if you guys can hear me, but infiltration. Yeah, we can so hear you. It's, it's pretty well sourced that Bunini was a Freemason. I mean, they found the stuff in his briefcase. Um, Paul the Sixth, Pope Paul the Sixth, who was an ultra liberal, banished him to Iraq or Iran for that. Yeah, and Iran. I mean, I think that was more to maintain plausible deniability. I mean, again, if you read infiltration, what 
Montini did as exterior, exterior secretary of the Vatican to Pope Paul XII, he was very similar to the games that Bonini allegedly played against Pope Paul VI. So, I mean, just because the next guy has the next level of liberalism, yeah, they're all playing off of each other's um, ignorance, but is it really ignorance if they're all moving the train in the same direction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, it, it, the past, the, the biggest question, I mean, the move, the, the documentary begs the question it, it, with the mess that came from the council, will the, will the hierarchy ever say, okay, let's revisit this. Okay. So I having, having, dealt with a few i don't know where my camera went it looks like it's <laughs> i was just gonna say you went from having a nice background to just being a talking bubble <laughs> I, I, I think i think the lodge is involved guys i think there's always, always <laughs> see bring freemasons up well, he, what went, happens. he went he went from a freemason green green screen to that <laughs> let's find out what's going on here i don't know but anyway <laughs> <laughs> What's go- what happened to you? Uh, he lost everything. That's it. We just gave him the boot. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm trying to I'm trying to see the um, uh, a couple of other points I had right now. Um, when we got him back, his devices are still not working. Nope, still not working. Uh, let's see. I thought. Um, oh, I forget who was bringing it up. Uh, the 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 importance of the difference between the goal of the the Novus Ordo, which in some cases seems to be the comprehension of the congregation, versus the goal of the the TLM, which is of course just the the devotion, you know, to God in the liturgy. I thought that was very telling because anytime you bring up some of the changes that were made, you know, as far as the reading cycle and the vernacular and and all of this, it all comes back to, well, now the congregation can participate. Now the congregation can understand that, you know, it's all about us, 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 and not about. And and one thing uh, you constantly hear from Novus Ordo people is how great the, um, uh, the reading cycle is. What what, what do they call the reading cycle? The, uh, the lectionary. The lectionary. So they're constantly talking about how great the lectionary is, and we go through all the whole Bible over three years, and and when it's you like twelve percent in the in the end yeah, total, actually, that's right. And, and not right. just that, the New American Bible translation is so neutered, so neutered, it's unreadable. It's it's. I would say you're almost not yeah. reading the gospel when you read it. Some of the translations are so horrific. It's like, so I, I always tell um, uh, anybody that actually cares about my opinion, I say, you always read the Dewey Reigns, and if you can't uh, understand it because the, the language is rough, read the uh, New Revised Standard Catholic ed- Second Edition and get a second uh, input from that and compare the right. two and try to make sense of the Dewey Reigns from that. Those are the best two translations. Yeah, I, I agree with this. I agree with this. It's hey, so, it's, I have something. To, I can add something to that. Anthony, just put your hand on your head like that when you start to not be able to hear me. Can you hear me okay? I hear you perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear good. All right, yeah. Put, put your hand on top of your head if, if I just start to get digitized or cut out. But, Cameron, I just want to build on something you said there. Um, 
I thought it really interesting that one of the bishops in your documentary that you were looking back at from the 1960s. No, this is said, Ro- this is Rob, Father Dave. No, I'm not Cam- Cameron, Cameron Dale. Oh, Rob. <laughs> oh, Rob. Hey. Oh, sorry, he's like, not looking at the like, screen. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Rob must have a cold. You have a little different voice than Cameron. I thought maybe Cameron had a. Uh, we had we had Jake on it. Jake had to go. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. Um, hey, Rob, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I, I, all I can see is just like a tiny. tiny yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured that. Uh, so I can't see. I was like, that sounds a little different from Cameron. Um, sorry, Rob. Yeah. So one of the interesting things was, uh, one of those bishops who said, um, only women and children would be left at this mass. That was an amazing insight in the 1960s. Prophetic. And very prophetic. And, you know, if you look at, you know, the biblical difference between man and woman is not strong versus weak. It's not chatty versus stoic. It's not a, actually, I sent your tweet to a couple of people, Anthony, that said, if women don't exist, why are there all these dents in my car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sent that, that to a few people. So that's, you know, the difference between men and women, it's interesting. The biblical difference isn't any of these, you know, funny things. It's actually transcendent versus imminent. Transcendent means that which is beyond and imminent means that which is here. And it's not that one of, one of those, it's not that one of those is better than the other. Um, transcendent versus imminent, outside versus inside, it's stamped into men's bodies, it's stamped into women's bodies. Um, it's found in our seventh grade social studies books that men are outside the society hunting for them, for the, everyone, and the women are, you know, within each other gathering. Um, and then transcendent being beyond itself, you know, if you look at the Jewish religion, um, most of the pagan cultures surrounding them had priestesses, yeah. but the, the Jewish religion had men because god yahweh wanted earth which is feminine to reach beyond itself and be and be transcendent and so again it's not that transcendent is better than imminent you actually need both um transcendent again is beyond masculine imminent is within and the nova sort of is fallen in upon itself it's community oriented it's even facing facing uh, each other it's you know the priest is facing the people yeah so it's so it's inherently imminent in, in everything that it is. And so there's actually supposed to be masculine and feminine parts of liturgy, but the transcendent side of the liturgy was taken out of the changes when the church went from the traditional Latin oh, mass yes. to the oh, so That's yes. why I think it was a very prophetic insight to say, it's only gonna be women and children left. And sure enough, if you, I know I've lived in Mexico, I've been to Brazil three times, especially places where you had equal amounts that we now think of as very, very feminine with the faith. It wasn't always the case, but if you go to you know daily mass in Mexico, it uh, doesn't look like the movie um, for greater glory anymore with all these right, guys yeah. strapped across their chest at the Latin mass. Yeah. So now if you even think about who spread the gospel, it was men, men went and men converted the world. Right. And it was men. And it, and we're in a society now where most of us grew up where like for me personally, my mother believed the faith. My father didn't give it. Uh, two hoots about church, right? So we'll, we'll, Father Dave is going to be in and out because he's got bad service. But so my my mother raised all of her children in the faith. My father was in and out, going to, we went to mass occasionally, but it was never given to, the faith was never passed on by my father. So, and if you even look at them letting women run these parish councils, right? It's like, we have a church now run by women where the um oh look who we got <laughs> we have a church that so we so we lose one and we get the other that's good that's good your friend mark his equipment failed on us that's it 
Yeah. Oh, that's why I hear double echo because I had you on my other screen still. <laughs> hey, hey, Jason, I got to ask you something. What's up? I see you. I see your channel is premiering your interview with Cameron, competing with us right now. Oh, that I'm gonna blame that on Mark. Ah. <laughs> I just accidentally saw that. I was checking something. I go, oh, really, Trad man? You guys are competing against us. Hey, hey live is always better than recorded. <laughs> but yeah, we were just Father Dave was just saying how the um the 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 new mass is so it's it we lost the transcendence so that was one of the main things that ca that captivated me of the old mass was the transcendence of the liturgy it blew my mind it was like there was it wasn't this um you know i mean everybody brings that to the point where it's like you hold each other's hands and things like that and oh look we got we got a family now oh sorry i just kicked them off so <laughs> rob Go ahead. <laughs> oh, this so, guy is on here. Oh, <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> well, the better, the better looking half had to jump on here. So yeah, I'm glad because I'm not taken, saying man. which. I'm, I'm glad. No, Mark, we were just saying. I I just looked on YouTube for a second. I see that you guys are premiering your interview with Cameron I at the same out, by the way at the same time. That's probably why you had to jump out. That's right. You're like, okay, so we'll, we'll get uh oh wait, I gotta send uh Steve Cunningham's gonna pop on. Hang on, let me see. Uh ba -ba -ba -ba. Oh no, he's out of power. Yeah. Nope, we I'm got back. Father Dave back. Hey, Father. Oh, we got Father Dave back. All right, so Father back. Dave, we have um this is Jason and Mark, just because I didn't get to introduce you. So you, you're on with me, Rob, Jason, and Mark. Jason and Mark have their own podcast. It's a traditional Catholic podcast. Also, just so you know who you're speaking to, and because I know you can't really see cool. the screen from where you are. But we we were actually going doing, deeper and deeper yeah, into how you doing? I can see that. Okay, we were Always going deeper the, into uh, into what you were saying about the the transcendence of the old liturgy. And how women are now running the parish councils, and it's almost like men are so like like it's not, maybe not repulsed, but it's just it's so boring the new mass for men. It just well, does nothing for us. Well, y'all well, were talking about it earlier about how you know it, the bishop or cardinal, I can't remember which, mentioned how you know it's only basically the mass women is gonna is gonna be only women and kids, right? I've said this before to, to Mark. I've even noticed, and maybe this is just me, but I've even noticed that the traditional Latin mass, when you go to traditional Latin mass, the vestments, the difference in vestments, right? To me, oh, the, yeah. vest, the vestments look a lot more masculine, masculine. than the oh, yeah. Ordo mass. The Roman chancellor was originally a military, uh, you know, coach. A Roman was a, military. A, yeah, it was yeah. A, a vestment, a Roman military vestment, whereas... Yeah, it the looks, gothic chasuble was for traveling in the rain. I think. <laughs> yeah, is, it looks it, it looks very clean cut and masculine, and I don't mean this to sound disrespectful. I've said this on our podcast before, but the the vestments that I see in the new mass always kind of remind me of those big baggy dresses that women wear in East Texas. You know, I mean, they're not they're they're just free flowing and stuff like that, and they just don't have that masculine quality. Guys, there's one thing I can tell you about the modernists. The modernists will tell you two things. First thing that, well, the first thing they'll tell you is we're going to make the Catholic Church cool. Brothers, <laughs> the, best way, the best way I know how to say this is, and I mean this with all my heart, there's one thing that modernists don't know. It's cool. 
and that's what is cool. Put that put put that up on the screen. Okay. Modernists don't know what's cool. Oh, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so so the idea that look, I'm I'm not about I'm not against necessarily people thinking Catholicism is cool because it is. But the only way you're going to demonstrate that is by actually showing the product. Because I I, I hate to use that word, product. That's a bad word, but you get my point, right? I think what should be cool is what we're doing here. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. The liturgy should not be cool. No, that's not the point. Well, and and but even yeah, and- the traditional Latin matter, mass is kind. Of, I mean, it's it's sensory and auditorily a stunning, emotionally evocative thing. You go to it; it's it's like the same. Uh, you know, true art inspires emotion. And I have and it's never. Masculine. It's yeah. strong, right? And I've never. I haven't met the person who's been to the Latin mass who went. Oh, uh, yeah, that's cool. I get it. But, yeah, you know, no, whatever. it doesn't leave it on. I've never, well, heard, Dave, I've never what, met when, that person. When was the first time? What made you say your first Latin Mass? Uh, you know, it's interesting. Father Jackson came to our seminary and he taught us. He was he was kind of like barely allowed to give a one credit class at my seminary in Denver. And he was at the fraternity there. And uh, he came and he taught us a one credit class. You know, Father Jackson, who is in yeah. part one, actually. Yeah. And yep. there was something real small that happened that was really interesting. Like, we had these side altars at St. John Vianney Seminary in Denver, Colorado, where we were learning this. And I was taking notes. I thought maybe this would be a mass I did maybe once a month. And I was just interested in learning the history of it. You know, it wasn't really a comparison or thinking the Latin mass was better. And I had my notebook and I put my pen on the, uh, Sacred Heart Side Chapel altar there at St. John Vianney Seminary. And he just very, I was just a, either a deacon or uh, I think I was a deacon. And he respectfully said, take the pen off. Nothing belongs in the altar except the instruments of the sacrifice. Just take the pen off. It doesn't belong there. And, you know, my, my ego is just a little bit tapped, a little bit, maybe for like two seconds. And then I thought, that's so interesting that like, this thing, this mass, this sacrifice is so important to Father Jackson. He wouldn't even let me put a pen on the altar. And this, this kind of tackles this whole transcendent imminent. If he, if he cared about my feelings in an imminent way, he wouldn't have said, take that pen off. But there was something beyond us in that room that concerned Father Jackson, which was God himself, right? This is this, this is the sense of transcendence. And that's just a small story of one of those few things that opened my eyes to say, this isn't about the community. This is about God the Son offering himself to God the Father. And and then my first traditional Latin Mass was maybe a month after ordination. I did it in a small chapel. I wanted to cut my teeth on it in a pretty slow way since I had never, you know, except for a couple of classes with Father Jackson. I didn't want to mess it up. Uh, so I just probably did a couple dry runs a few times and then actually did it you know, the mass, but by myself, God and the angels. Uh, but it wasn't until maybe five, six years into my priesthood that I started doing it um, daily for in the presence of a congregation. And when did it become exclusive for you? Six years ago. Yeah, I haven't done ago. I haven't done the Nova Soto in six years. So I know when I first started um, when I first started watching your stuff, I've even seen uh, a development in your depth over the past five, six years from you, 
from you saying the mess. Like I've seen your, uh, I see, I see your early videos and how much deeper you're going into. It's almost like you are still learning as yeah. you're going. Oh yeah. There's so much rewiring when you go from, from the Nova Sordo world to the traditional Latin mass world, you know, it's a, uh, yeah, there's just a, there's just a lot of rewiring that has to happen. It's true. And now when you're, so what, what actually led to your conversion? Are you, oh, sorry, you got, yeah, you I'm, I'm, again? yeah we just popped an impression so on, but don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, okay. no, I was saying, so, all right. How, wait, how old are you first off? I'm 43. Okay. So you're, you're my age. So yeah. you're, were you, were you raised Catholic? Like what, what led to your, your discernment? Yeah. So I was, you know, I was raised Catholic, um, pretty, pretty like, you know, my, my, my family's roots is pretty liberal democratic Irish Chicago. Like my grand aunt believed, uh, Bernadine should be canonized just to give you an idea. Of oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, so I, Irish Chicago Democrats, and when I went off to right before I went to college, I kind of had my conversion to EWTN Catholicism. And uh, so middle of the like I went from left to middle of the road when I went off to college. And then um, I was dating a girl. We were talking about getting married, felt the call of the priesthood. I started visiting the uh, the friars, you know, the Francisco. The, yeah, the, the friars of the renewal. Yeah. Yeah, I went to Harlem probably. Sometimes my last three months in college ended up coming back to Denver, entered diocesan seminary, and never really figured out like why when I would be studying Thomas Aquinas and the fathers, like you know, I was this was the glory days in the late like between you know 2005, 2010. We were really believing in this hermeneutic of continuity that you know, I really believe the Nova Sordo could be sprinkled with tradition and maybe the Latin mass folks needed some of our evangelization and stuff can you still hear me okay yeah yeah you're breaking up a tiny bit but we can still, we can still hear you oh i better okay i'm i'm a little digitized i better be quiet for a while <laughs> well well I'll you just, were just I'll mentioning just, i'll just listen because i'm i'm cutting in and out i'll, I'll just listen because i'm cutting in and out a bit all right well if you get if you get better service i want to hear the rest of the story because this is a really <laughs> this is a good story i want to hear i want to hear the rest of your conversion story um yeah, so he was mentioning that uh, the the Franciscan uh, Friars of the Renewal. When I was growing up, um, my dad worked in the Bronx, and I used to go to work with him. And uh, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal—that was like uh, Benedict, uh, Father Benedict Rochelle and them. Like I, I would hang with them as a kid because they. My father had a music studio in our in our backyard in our garage, and um, there was a couple of the um, friars there. Uh, that were into music. That was especially this guy, uh, father, uh, father, father, Stan Fortuna. And I he was father Stan Fortuna. I remember him. Yeah. So father Stan, <laughs> was he the one that rapped? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I remember hearing him at, uh, uh, Everybody like a got a supper. <laughs> so my father had a music studio growing up and, like Father Stan and a bunch of guys. So he, you got to realize he was evangelizing kids in the Bronx, you know. Yeah. So it's easy for us to, you know, goof at that and stuff. But bro, he was pulling kids, gangbangers, off the street, and these kids were 
feeling a call to the priesthood. Like that's not that's not a that's not a light thing. So um it was Father Stan would come over a lot, and there was this guy, um uh what was my dad's friend's name? It's uh, not a light thing if you're a modernist, Anthony. <laughs> oh, welcome, Joe. <laughs> we didn't even introduce you. That's coming up. So, all right. So, my, so my dad's friend Mike had um, uh, he was helping Father Stan and Father Benedict with the Friars, bringing these kids off the streets in the Bronx. He wound up starting a a, a youth group upstate, and he would put. I mean, he was taking. He would go to the court system and bring kids that were going to get jail sentences and say, listen, let me take these kids and I'll help form them. And he would bring these kids and change their lives. Some of them became priests. Some of them would become friars. They, they changed their lives. I mean, it was no joke. Now, the guy, um, the guy's son that I'm speaking about, his son wound up. Did you ever see the movie, the documentary out there, The Human Experience? Nope. So there was a couple of kids. It was my, my dad's friend's son uh, wound up going to a third world country and living on a dollar a day for a month. And they lived in the slums just to get the human experience. It's a, it's a beautiful documentary. If you ever get a chance, check it out. Um, I'll see. I'll see. I'll see if I can find a link for it somewhere. But it was just such a beautiful document. But that was the that was the environment I grew up in. Um, after my dad's conversion, then my dad, after a couple of years, stopped going to mass and he drifted away from the faith. And it was really my mother that raised us all in the faith, you know, you said your dad, you said your dad's conversion. So I grew up, my dad was complete atheist and my parents took a trip to Medjugorje when I was about 10 years old. My dad came back on fire for the faith, started playing music in the music ministry. My parents were in the charismatic renewal. It was really a beautiful time in my childhood. It really was. Um, and he, then my father kind of baptized. He was baptized a Catholic, right? He was baptized Catholic, okay. but he was an atheist okay. for most of his life. And then uh, some th his brother had taken his own life and it really caused him to reflect on things. And so he wound up having a conversion. And for a good 10 years, my dad was going to mass every week. He was playing music for the music ministry. I mean, my parents had me going to retreats. Like I, there was like this 10 year period in my youth where it was like Catholic everything, you know? And then my father stopped going to mass I and mean, he hasn't been back to mass in like 15 years, man, 20 years. Pretty but sad. Dude, look what, look what, look what stuck with you though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, that, that's I the thing is that I like, I, I'm kind of like you, like my parents took me to Sunday school up until I think around first communion after first communion, whether I went or not was totally up to me. They weren't going to go. I can tell you that. But that those those few little years they stick with you. You get older and it's yeah. just it's there. I'll tell you, like my my um my mom is the holiest person I've ever known, and I'm I'm just gonna like That's I amazing. don't care. I she only goes to the Novus Ordo, but when I tell you, like I, I've been in like I'll I'll think I'm gonna teach her something, and she speaks the ang the language of angels when I tell you, like she will. I don't care what I'm fighting with my wife about. I can trust my wife to go to my mom and my mom will make my wife see my point of view. She'll make me see my wife's point of view. She'll never, I don't know, man. She's, she's just got, she speaks, she speaks the language of angels. My mom, bro. She's just, the, she's a, she's a, a spiritual, awesome, spiritual saint in my, in my life. So I thank God for her. But um, Joe, what would, what would you grow up? What was your environment? Me? Good answer. Yeah. No, the so other Joe. I uh <laughs> the other Joe in the room, where is he? 
Says Joseph here. Antony, Antony, all due respect. Joey. Giuseppe. Well, oh. So the long, the long and short of it is. So I grew up like nominally Catholic, uh, us, except on Easter and uh, Palm Sunday. That was it. Uh, we did sacraments, stuff like that. We did it all in the Novus Ordo. But, you know, there was no like there was no actual practicing of the the, the, the thing on a weekly basis or anything like that. Um, I didn't really believe a lick of it aside from like God is real. Uh, on that, uh, I didn't believe in any of the church's moral teachings, anything like that. So, were you an atheist though? Um, no, no, not properly speaking. No, um, like I always believed in God, but uh, not in any like significant way. I mean, I, I think they call it something therapeutic theism. That might be that might be like accurate, almost a spiritual but not religious type of thing. Uh, like I guess if somebody asked me, I would say I'm like a Catholic. Guys, is Joe is Joe choppy for you guys? Yeah, Joe, you're yeah. a little choppy. You might have to sign out and sign back in. Sign, sign on, sign back in. Um, and what about you, Jason? What was your upbringing? Well, I was. Uh, well, I'm a convert. I was brought up in the Churches of Christ. Now, there's there's a lot of the groups, you know, that may call themselves Churches of Christ. So I came out of the Restoration Movement here in the United States. Um, I mean, we you know, church twice on Sunday, once on Wednesday. Oh, you did. Oh, you were a, you were a Bible Belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very much so. And uh, and then probably back in 2017, I started thinking about the Catholic faith because there were a lot of um, I don't want to get into the deep of it, but basically there was some questions that I had had since I was young that you know, like one, I had to be ahistorical to remain in the churches of Christ, right? Because you have to pretend the past didn't happen. Yeah, you you have to pretend <laughs> the past that somehow your group went went all the way back, and then. Uh, the other, the other big one out of uh, between that and then the bread of life discourse, because at the churches I grew up in, they they take weekly communion. They think that you know it's necessary to take weekly communion. Now it's symbolic, is the belief, right? But I always even struggled um, then, saying, well, this isn't the words that Jesus said in the bread of life discourse. So it kind of came to a head probably back in 2017, 2018. Were you married at the time? Yeah, yeah. Me and my wife came out of the same faith group. We already had four kids at the time. Now, okay, I love stories like this. You you started your journey first? Yeah, probably six months ahead of her. Now, so, I say if, uh, officially six months ahead of her, yeah. Joe, talk. Let's just see if you're choppy still. Speak, speak. Anything? How, how do I say nice. I don't know. Still it's bad. like a little bit bad. It's like a weird tapping sound when you talk. It's weird. I don't know what's going on there. I wonder if it's my mic. It might be your mic. Well, if you ever give me you know another what you mic. Do, Joe? I was just going to say, Joe, why don't you stop by? I got your mic sitting right here waiting for you. <laughs> this is yours. I thought you were going to be at St. Michael's Sunday, brother. Um, I'm going to be there this Sunday. Okay. Yeah, so will I. I will be there this Sunday. Real quick, Jason, will you respond to this comment? This Joe, uh, Joe, I'm, I'm going to butcher your last name. Botcheriff says, Jason, do you have any advice on how to talk to my siblings who is in the Church of Christ? Jason. Yeah, so, so, uh, like I said, my whole family is entrenched in the Church of Christ, and so is my my wife's family, right? 
Um, talking to Church of Christ people can be pretty difficult because they believe, for instance, they believe a lot of the, um, the you know the what do you want to how do you want to say it the necessary aspects of the faith, right? They believe that baptism is necessary, and you know is for the remission of sins, which a lot of Protestant stu- groups don't believe. They reject a faith only belief system which a lot of Protestant sects do. So, you know, they, they have issues like that, that they actually line up with the Catholic Church's teaching on it, right? So I, I heard a roundtable discussion one time with uh, four um, former Church of Christ that converted to the, the Catholic Church, and they said that sometimes it's hard to talk to Church of Christ people because in many ways they are, they are so close to the to the truth compared to other Protestant sects, really? it's hard it's hard to get them to make that that jump. Now that now there's a lot of differences. Don't get me wrong, like major theological differences. So when I talk to my family and stuff, I always try to center on authority, right? Um, because because you'll get off on all these tangents. You'll start talking. All of a sudden, now you're talking about the Virgin Mary. Now you're talking about yeah, purgatory, and that. and you get all that. So I kind of just say, hey. When, when it starts going that direction, I say, before we can talk about that, we have to establish authority. And it usually, of course, goes back to the Bible because it's a sola scriptura type faith. So then I usually try to get into the authority of the Bible. Where did it come from? How do you know, you know what books belong? For instance, Hebrews. We don't even know for certain who wrote the book of Hebrews. It's thought to be Paul, but but how do it you— was Paul. Yeah. How do you, how do you know what, how do you know what books belong? Right. Because you're saying you're basing your whole eternal salvation on this book, which I, I'm, and you're trusting Martin Luther, the books that he took out are. Yeah. And who is he, you know, (laughs) you're trusting your eternal salvation on something that you really don't have any idea how you got it. Mm Because God did, God didn't just come down and give you a list. Now he, he providentially gave it to us through the Catholic church. Right. But, but so I always just try to focus on authority. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a big one. So all right, so now you come in six months ahead of your wife. Are you yeah. taking her along with you, or is she starting to get freaked out? Um. Yes and no. So when I first went to the after we moved back to Houston, I went to um, the the church that was down the road from us and basically started their RCIA program. Now she actually went to the meeting with me, but there was a period of time where I started attending mass and she would then go to the church service where we had been going before. Um, And I really didn't nudge her or push her or anything like that. She would read a lot of the same things I was reading. And then we would talk about it uh, about a lot. And then probably six months later, she decided that she was going to enter the RCI program. And then from there we had our two younger sons baptized and we had our, um, our daughters were baptized. How, ex- how exciting of a time was this for you? Oh, it was exciting, but it, it was tough too, because I've, I've literally lost some really good friends that I had through the years who don't so. talk to me. Fam- like <laughs> some of the most important people in my life, like growing up, basically I've become a disappointment too. So, I mean, it's tough, but now how do you and Mark know each other? Uh, through Regina Chaley, where we go to church. Oh, you guys go to the same parish. Mm -hmm. So, so here's what happened. I bought this, this cool microphone and camera setup (laughs) 
and I and I and I texted all my buddies in the Knights of Columbus, hey, who wants to start a podcast with me? And I heard crickets coming back, right? This was after <laughs> summer summer of 2020. Nobody was really doing well. You didn't say you wanted to start, you said you were starting a podcast. I said I was starting a podcast. Who wants to come be with me? I didn't hear anybody. One one day, I think it was Corpus Christi, uh, at the parish, Jason and I are fourth degree knights, so we were going to hold the 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 cupola. Uh, as, as we did the Corpus Christi procession and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at this guy. He's about my age. He's got a beard. Seems pretty cool. It's like, <laughs> we should hang out. Me and this guy should hang out. So I literally just texted him out of nowhere. Cause he was on our night's thread. And I said, Hey, you don't know me, but my name is Mark and we ought to go get a beer. And that was the beginning of trad Ben. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, me and Joe met on Twitter. I consider Joe one of my very good friends now. Like, very good friend. Me and Joe talk every day. We text each other. I'm trying to get him on. (laughs) (laughs) But even Rob. I met Rob on Twitter. He was the first guest on the Stupid Trivia Show. I've... I've, I, I, Rob, you and I have like a, a real friendship now, man. Uh I think it's, I think it's awesome. Like, we, we are real friends. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah. Amazing. Like, I, I, you guys all live in the tri state area? Joe and I live. 15 minutes away from each other okay. so we he he goes to a chapel i could, I could it's just, yeah it's just, i could go to anthony's house right now and like during the stream and, and just show up behind Dude, him he would get here before we ended it i'd get here yeah it would probably help with the audio i'm hearing a lot of this <laughs> a lot of choppiness man not, joe not, i'm gonna not. i'm gonna give you the mic joe <laughs> <laughs> but even even think about um us meeting you guys like this is, I, I don't, you got to realize like I, all right. So I go to my parish, but um, I don't, there's not that many guys that I hang out with from my parish really. Like I have um, maybe one or two that like uh, um, Don's always in the chat. I know Don, but we don't hang out outside really. I, but I've, it's, it's cool to meet other guys around the same age with the same interests that you can find. Cause I go to work. I'm speaking Greek to these guys. They don't even, this is normal. If it, if it wasn't for my family and meeting you guys, I'd have nobody to share my faith with, you know, it's really, it's really been an awesome experience. Don't yeah, I mean, my family drives, when we go to the TLM, which we try to as often as we can, it's a two hour, um, two hour drive there and back four hours yeah. total. Yeah. Then you, and, can you do that once a month, once every three weeks i mean that's a lot to do every week with somewhere we try to do it every week in the winter it's hard to do with the weather up here but but i mean there's no one in in my local parish that i mean there's no other young families like ours at our local parish i mean nova sordo especially right and it's it's nova sordo so there's maybe five people besides us that's under 50 under 60 and there's certainly no one that is traditional leading so are any columbus at all or uh, yeah, I was on the the council. If Cause that's I tried, because that's I a, tried. And, I was oh, the really? youngest guy. The next youngest guy was seventy. Yes, same Ooh. same with me. I Couldn't mean, it was a it. forty year difference, that's and all same. they cared about was setting up their fish fries. And <laughs> I mean, I'm seriously good. Yeah, no, I, I see, and that's the thing I like about our. Um, our nights group at Regina Chaley because I I transferred out from from the one that I was a member of at the Novus Ordo. We actually have a lot of, we have people younger than us almost to the point they're, they're still all single and they'll be like, Hey, we're going to go to Denny's after this and take syrup <laughs> shots and all that. And we're like, are right, you a little too young for us, yeah. but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> it's like but, a totally different world. Yeah. yeah Jason but, and I are dinosaurs at our parish. Yeah. 
I mean, we're. And how, how old are you guys? You guys are around our. Uh, I mean, I'm forty. I'm forty. Joe, Joe's, you're forty three. What about you, yep. Jake? I just turned forty. Yeah, so me too. Lie. You guys are dinosaurs. Just turned forty three years ago. So is that what you were saying, Jason? Nineteen eighty two, buddy. Okay. Me too, brother. Class of two thousand. Two thousand one, because I got held back. <laughs> <laughs> so probably we got for being retarded, but probably for being too smart. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, we got we're, uh, Mrs. Casey's our age. We got a couple. But really, you look at the older guys that were doing this, right? So you have the Scott Hans, the Peter Kreefs. Yeah, I mean, those guys are starting to phase out. They're getting older. And you do need a younger generation of guys to pass the faith on to the younger generation, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and that's why what, 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 what this movie, Mass of the Ages, is doing is so important. Oh, yeah, that's why we're doing this. They're utilizing. <laughs> well, think about, think about this. Think about this. Like, it's when I, when I say that <clears throat> modernist boomers are stuck in the 60s, I, I don't mean that as just a pejorative jab. It's like, the truth. I mean it for true. Like, where is their YouTube video? Where's their defense of the Nova Sordo say? They don't have one of those. Instead, they print out a letter in, in L'Osservatore Romano telling us that we better not advertise our mass times in the you better not have them in the bulletin. Because if you have them in the bulletin, people are I'm like the bulletin. The, the 20 yeah, the 20 year olds are like, what the heck is a bullet? Talking about <laughs> and, I tell you, man, so the, like the one guy I'm dying to get over to tradition is Father Mike Schmitz. Yeah, um, I, I, I have a very good friend who is very good friends with him and he says he's, he is very traditionally minded, but as stuck on a, you know, a diocesan Newman center parish, he has no option as far as. The yeah, he's, yeah, I know, but you know what? No, it's like, I'm a fan. I love father Mike Schmitz. Yeah, like I, I love that man. I, it's. He just has such a deep love for Christ, and he's just so like whenever whenever somebody is new to converting, it's like, and they're like, "Oh, who should I listen to?" Always give them Father Mike. He's very genuine in everything that he says. My yeah. wife, my wife says she's like because he tells the story of his conversion when uh, he he was like almost he was almost engaged or he was engaged, and he went away on some mission trip, and he um he texts the girl or he calls her and he's like, I have to break off our engagement. I'm going to become a priest. My wife goes better way to do that. (laughs) My wife goes, that poor girl must have been devastated. Like he's a good looking guy. He's got, he's got charisma. He's so genuine. Like he's like, you gotta be, you let that guy go to the priesthood. What are you doing? (laughs) Shout out to uh, Kathy G, who's wants to start attending the TLM at the SSXPX, SSPX soon. Good yeah. on you, Kathy. Good on you, good lady. Um, yeah, she, she's I, she's uh, that's 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 crazy. I mean, now I wonder, Kathy, do you have any recollection? Were you, did you grow up Catholic, and do you remember the liturgy before they changed it? Is what I would ask. Let's see if she's able to answer. I'm not, I mean, I may take her like 35, 40 seconds before. You know, like, I used to drive. I used to. Go ahead. Go ahead, Joseph. I was, while we're waiting on her, how is my audio? Is it still horrible? Or, it's I, not, I mean, it's, we can, no, we can hear you. It's, it's, it just has like well, a yeah, I mean, sound when you're talking. Even now, because I switched to, uh, I switched to the headset instead of the mic. Even now, yeah. It's got to be. I mean, I can hear yeah, you. Just give it a try. It might be my Wi-Fi. All right. 
Um, so, well, well, Kathy, what I was going to say is, do you remember when they changed the liturgy? So if you're a cradle Catholic, do you remember, um, right? I mean, 72, how many years ago? 1970 is when they... 70 really is when it... Yeah, she should have she made happened. her first communion and everything in the traditional oh, yeah. liturgy, right? Yeah. Yeah, she says she remembers it when she was little. So, like, my parents say... Like my mom has a, a, she'll say like, I remember the Latin mass. I didn't understand anything that was going on. Like they really, I think the one thing that could have possibly good come from the Novus Ordo is it gave us a devotion mm -hmm. to the Latin mass. And yeah. I don't know if that would have happened if the Novus Ordo didn't come around. Go back and read Sacrosanctum Concilium. With that, I used to I used to love every document in Vatican II except for Sacrosanctum Concilium, and I always felt like I'm I must be reading this wrong. I've got to be, and sure enough, I was. This is a <laughs> this is a document that says what we need in the church is a liturgical movement where lay people and young people are excited about the liturgy, and the way we're going to get that is by rediscovering old things. That's ex it's. Go back and read the text. Yeah. That's what yeah, the document now. Now there's things in there about let's use some vernacular here and some vernacular there. Don't get lost in the weeds of the in particular suggestions that are made at the time this document is written because they're not. We're not. The, the document says we're not married to these necessarily. These are just some things we're throwing out as possibilities where the Vatican Dickistry could go. And, and over two thousand of the bishops did agree that those suggestions were okay, including yeah. Marcel Lefebvre. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so Joe and I, um, there's a parish near Joe and I. We actually, uh, we, were, we were there together like two, three weeks ago. Uh, the priest, Father Hughes, gives the best homilies. I, I actually want to approach him and ask him if I could start recording his homilies and put them up on our channel. They're that mm. good. Or give him the Steve over at Census Fidelium and let him put them on his channel. They're just such great homilies. And I wanted to... Um, uh, Mark, what, what was that? What was that? talk that you sent me months ago that we both really enjoyed yeah, let steve, me, let me steve, steve put it up and he talks about Sanc uh, sancto sacro sanctum concilium he talks yeah. about that but in really good detail v very good video but i can't remember the, the guy's name yeah, i'll find it real real quick um katie thank you so much um if you can please hit like and subscribe <laughs> um if, guys if you could share the video it would help a lot man i mean i both of our channels, right? You guys too. We're very small channels, but I really do think um, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of things with Mark and Jason because I I really love you guys, man. Like I well, I, I really yeah, I love really you guys too. I love you guys yeah. too. I mean, even just a couple of times we've done things together. Like I I feel like we get along really well. So we'll probably be doing things together. If you guys ever want to take a video that we did on our channel and put it on yours, if you ever want us to come on yours and do something on yours, we'll you know whatever you guys. Yeah, want to do. I really do. I really do love having you guys on. Yeah, awesome. we like to do something together. Yeah, J I Jason, I, can you I, hear me? Yeah, I got you. I don't. I don't want these jokers anywhere near our show, man. <laughs> I don't blame <laughs> you. Hey, I do, I do. They have more followers than we do. <laughs> we're, we're doing hey, it just for the likes. Hey, so going back, <laughs> that's where he's making fun of us. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was pretty gay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so going going back to the film, uh, Rob was mentioning, you know, about the 
at his nights and whatnot is all just older older people right and one i remember one of the bishops in the film mentioned about you know it would take time to see if young people found nourishment in the novus ordo and i think that's you know, been proven we know that answer. yeah over overwhelmingly proven i i think at least here in the united states from our sample pool that that they are not finding nourishment in the novus ordo they're yeah, finding the it in the latin mass you don't get it yet. So, so you Jason, you, I know you're a convert, bishops. so you you probably never had to experience it. But that that part of the movie, maybe about ten minutes in, where they cut to the news clip where the ladies in the gym and they're having mass in the gym, and everyone's got their hands up, but they zoom in on the faces, and everyone's just got this dead, bored look in their eye. Well, I had to go through that for confirmation. Yeah. <laughs> As a that Catholic. reminded me. That reminded me of a retreat my parents made me go on. Oh, those and, oh man, dude. So it was in um it was in Pennsylvania in Scranton. We went to Scranton College. And I'm at this mass. It must have been a charismatic thing because everyone there, they're calling down the Holy Spirit on them, and everybody's crying. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, God, why aren't you making me cry? I see everyone around me crying. Like, it really had a bad effect on me because I'm watching everybody hysterically crying and they're getting the Holy Spirit's coming into them. And I'm like, what is what is wrong with these people? At, like, uh, well, I should have been in a traditional mass at 10 years old, I'm telling you. Like, at, a, at a retreat we had put on by Steubenville, actually, believe it or not, um, there was, uh, we had adoration and it was about four hours long and a hot, hundred degree gym in the middle of summer and yeah you had people you know thinking they were speaking in tongues and babbling and yeah and, and fainting whether it was in the spirit or because it was 120 degrees i don't know but it well, was, I was crazy gonna, i was gonna ask you i think y'all kind of answered it what y'all thought of this whole charismatic catholic movement because before i became catholic i was very opposed to the whole charismatic movement in general right um in 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 the um the normal terms that most people think of charismatics. So what do y'all think of the charismatic Catholic uh, movement? I think that charismatic Catholics, the ones that I was exposed to are some of the most genuine supernatural. They have supernatural faith. They love Christ. I do believe people speak in tongues. I don't think everybody that says they speak in tongues actually does. And I only say that because I know Two people in, that I know speak in tongues and would never, ever lie about it. And they just would not. It's not. And the way they described it to me was they went to one of those. Um, uh, 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 what do they call it? They get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, it's a It's a Catholic thing, but it's. A life in the spirit. They did a life in the spirit seminar. And at the end of the life is in the spirit seminar, you pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon you and you pray for a gift from the Holy Spirit. And this person was praying for something. They were praying for um, discernment in something. And as they were praying the Our Father, their tongue just started rolling without them trying to they weren't trying to speak in tongues. They wanted nothing to do with it. Their tongue just started rolling. And now I've heard Father Ripperger say, like that, you know, you should never ask or pray for, right? Yeah, like anything. But they were asking for discernment. They weren't asking for something like that. And I'm not. I'm just saying this is not a person who's possessed. This is not a person. I just it's someone I know personally. I don't speak in tongues. I've never been into the charismatic movement. I can only tell you it's a person I trust, 
And I don't think they're lying and I don't think they're putting it on, you know? So I don't yeah, know what I, to make of that. I guess, I guess my question is when I hear stories like that, it's, it's to what end are they doing it? Right. Because I, I know when you read the new Testament and you read about speaking in tongues, you know, Paul writes, if there are not, if there's not somebody to interpret, you need to keep your mouth shut. Basically don't. Oh, does don't, it? I, I know if he's, I know there's one part where he says, if I'm speaking in the tongues of angels, but oh, that's the, where he talks about love. He says, yeah, that's the love the of angels, but I have not charity. Yeah. I'm just a clanging gong. Yeah. So, so I guess my question is always to what end, right? Because speaking in tongues was to, that's, that's possible. Desiree. I'm was just, the, you know, I just, was the convert I don't think people, they're faking right? it. That's all. I'm sorry. Yeah. Say that again? No, no, I'm just saying, but one of the gifts of speaking in tongues, right. Was to, show the power of God and to convert vert people, even in their own language, like the apostles did when they, when the Holy spirit came down upon them on the day of Pentecost. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I guess, I, I guess I just, I don't know. It's just kind of a random. Question. Yeah. I don't know either. I don't have personal experience. I just, I just trust the person that told me this. So I, I whatever, I don't know. I don't care. It's not a, I'm not well, a, I mean, I'm, Peter Kraft is pretty, I mean, he's pretty into it. Or I don't know if he's into speaking in tongues. He's okay. He's okay with the charismatic renewal. I mean, I mean, I I tweeted about it recently. Not everything Father Ripperger says is 100 percent right. So it's like, yeah, that's true. You know, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. So it's so, actually weird. I had somebody ask me about Medjugorje recently, which like I'm not at all in favor of, but there, it's kind of an odd thing because sometimes you find in like things like the charismatic removal movement and. Um, and Medjugorje, which is obviously like not approved at all and like probably quasi heretical, but like a lot of movements seem to like win a lot of converts, which and you know, when you when you Father meet these Don people, Calloway. They're so kind of I at can, least a, a, there's an acceptable piety a lot of the times. So right. Like, hey. So all right, so my parents went to Medjugorje. My father mm-hmm. had a conversion there. My father had a pair of silver rosary beads. The links were silver from when he was a child, his mother gave them to him. He went to Medjugorje, has this insane conversion, comes back. The links in between the rosary beads turn gold. There was They have pictures that they took where um, it was like a group of them together where they took the picture and the cloud in the background is Jesus's face. So I'm not saying the apparition, anything about the apparition. I think there's a lot of shadiness in that apparition. I think there's a lot of things to worry about. But I do think God is working conversions and miracles despite whatever is going on with the visionaries and the actual, you know, whatever's going on there. I'll say this about the charismatics and he could say plenty, but I'm not holier than the church. The church seems to think they have a place in the church and I'm willing to dive to, to go along with her, her prudential judgment. Hey, wait, I'm sorry. I have to stop. Does anybody is, if any, if I have any moderators in the chat, can you ban this person? Cause this person posts garbage in our uh, like they post like porn links so can you make have, me a mod or no? huh can you make me a mod now i can try let me see something block user i got it okay i was able to block them yeah they post garbage in our um comments afterwards is it, so is that the white nationalist one that was on twitter today no but this is it's a it's somebody speaking spanish and they always put like a, a link to some stupid uh, porn site in so um i i feel the same way desiree i don't trust medjugorje at all i just know people who have had major conversions there and i do know um a lot of people who have had like small miracles happen that i just think that even when the devil is at work that god can still 
bring good out of evil. I think that's how yeah. that's Absolutely. how I would say that. You know, yeah. I don't trust the visionaries. I think there's some shady stuff going on there, but I do think that God can work good out of bad. I don't understand the charismatic movement, but that that there's I don't understand the Trinity either, and that's still true. I mean. <laughs> Why? Why does it have to be limited to my understanding or anything? So, so there's there's things in the church that I don't get necessarily, but you know, again, that if someone <laughs> wait, 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 really funny. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Steven, funny question line, answered. Steven. <laughs> well, done. well done. Yeah, yeah, Desiree, I'm telling you, my so my all right. So I told you guys that my my father's brother took his life and. Right after that happened, he hung himself, he killed himself. And then my father and his two brothers wound up in Medjugorje and my dad didn't want to go. Like he was adamant he wasn't going to go. And he wound up there and him and his two brothers all converted while they were there. It was like this unbelievable experience they had. They kept coming across all these things while they were there about brothers um the three brothers or something it was just, if, i mean i'd have to have i'd have to hear the stories from him again it's been years since i heard them but it was some wild things happened to them over there i went once in 98 98 yeah 98 i didn't know I mean, you went there and because yeah. because you because you weren't a uh, apparitions guy until recently so i wish I, I wasn't actually going to medjugorje to go to medjugorje uh i was I had just graduated from high school and I had linked up with some people who were going over to Rome and then they were going to go over to uh, the former Yugoslavia for a little while and then tour around the rest of Italy after that. Thank you, Rob. But I was, I was intrigued a little bit, but I, very disturbed by what I saw um, just in terms of, it seemed like a lot, like a lot of lonely housewives with like 30 cats, not housewives anymore. They're widows. So I'm so glad like you're saying 50, this. I'm really glad you're saying cats, this because, they it's would like, go and now and now they see the Virgin Mary. And it's like, okay, I see what's happening here. I mean, it just kind of didn't it didn't seem authentic to me. It was nothing that couldn't be explained by a bunch of God, and I'm sorry to say this, lonely people who now I claim to see the Virgin Mary and now everybody pays attention to me. Now, what about know. like there are some videos that pop out of there with like the miracle of the sun and stuff. Yeah, I don't know anything. About, I mean, I can think of a million explanations for that that are a lot more plausible then God is speaking to us through Morse code via the sun. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, but then again, I am, I am the scout. I just now, maybe what, maybe three weeks ago, Jason came around to accepting Fatima and Lords. And- yeah. Because, because me and Mark actually had a discussion early on in our podcast because Fatima was also uh pretty instrumental in my conversion and, and and uh, Mark was like, I don't know, I'm not a uh, apparitions guy, and I guess he'd kind of come around to that thing one. That, you know what we well, should do? The thing we that Medjugorje did is it turned me off to apparitions. That's what Medjugorje we should did. do a show on Garabandal because there's a Garabandal some ties along Island with that, I think. With Garabandal. Mm-hmm. So Garabandal is one of those ones. So somebody said, when you guys get back to talking about the movie, this this conversation is so far beyond the, the movie at this point. If you even want to hear the movie stuff, it was what in the movie? beginning of the podcast. I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, Garabandal is one of those things where when you watch the footage from it, it's like, holy cow, it looks legit. But then you think about this whole idea of the warning. And the warning is this idea that 
everybody on the planet is going to have an illumination of conscience at the same time. And that is not how God has ever worked in salvation history ever. He's never, he's always used a remnant or he's always had a chosen, a chosen people. It's never been everybody in the world has this miraculous, um, you know, in, uh, illumination of conscience at the same time where a pilot's flying a plane and time stands still like that's how they describe it it just sounds kind of crazy to me like that but i think um well so faith garabandal and akita are not the same because akita is approved akita's approved too and garabandal is not so um yeah, yes akita yeah akita's approved so akita is a wild one too but i i like i think kennedy put out a, a, a video recently on false apparitions and you really do have to be careful of anything not approved by the church oh absolutely. See, I'll, screw, I'll screw that up in a heartbeat man so i just stay away <laughs> from it because man, it's, not it it's not necessary it's not necessary and i and that that's a clue to me right there that I don't know that I'm maybe I ought to stay away from it. So I just do, but, but I will tell you, I have a huge devotion to our lady of Guadalupe. It's probably my favorite, uh, Marian devotion. Um, me being from South Texas, that's no surprise, obviously. And Guadalupe, I love and Fatima, I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so that's an apparition. So everybody's like, so Mark, what are you, what are you saying? And I'm like, okay, I, I I will accept, uh, Guadalupe. I'll accept Fatima. Guadalupe is such a unique, is such a unique apparition. Right. In that, if you really know the history of it, Spain is sending conquistadors and they're sending, um, they're, they're, and sending yeah, they're sending Jesuits and Franciscans and they cannot convert anyone. Nobody is converted. They're getting 100 converts, 50 converts. Then Our Lady appears to Juan well, Diego. And in a, the natives were, were killing themselves en masse oh, because, true. you know, these, these conquerors come more or less prove their gods false. Their gods do nothing. They lose hope, right? They lose their yeah. faith. And they start just committing suicide. And then, bam, you know, Guadalupe. It was at 9 million, and right? 9 million in like two years or something. It's I like mean, unreal. And the, and the timing was crazy, too, because it's almost like it was a repudiation of the Reformation. Of the Reformation in Europe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, so 1531, you have Henry VIII is trying to chuck Catherine of Aragon and get rid of her and marry the the wench and in America. So, and it's, and it's crazy because with our lady of Guadalupe, what happens is you then get this melding of Spanish and native cultures and you get mestizo culture. And that's what I was talking about when I came back from Arizona was in South and Central America, you do have this, this beautiful beautiful culture that was formed where in North America you have Protestantism and that's why you have slavery and you have all this racial tension and stuff where the Spanish and the natives in South and Central America actually form their own culture. They all intermarry. There's not this weird divide between them and you get second Christendom. To to be entirely fair to North America, you did have the, the French and yeah, creating the Métis. Which is which is fairly in similar. Canada, and yeah. if you th- there's a really good movie. Um, oh man, it's an old one. I think it might be called The Jesuit or something. I don't know, but it's a really good movie, and it's about a Jesuit going around trying to convert the the indigenous of Canada. It's With a really Robert good De Niro. Movie. No, that's a great. The mission. I love the, the mission. mission. The mission's great. This is about yeah, a Canadian. The mission's, the mission's about South America, though. 
Which one were the, you talking? Oh, you were talking about. I'm talking about in Canada. Yeah, I got, I'll find the movie, and we'll the next time we're talking about, it, I'll bring it up. But yeah, no, the mission is about South America, <laughs> and it's about a Jesuit mission in South America, and that's right before what Pope breaks up the Jesuits. A bad one. Yeah. Which Gregory one was it? Gregory the, Gregory the Ninth? Was it, the, it was a Gregory, I think, yeah. Yeah, so he, it's right before he... I want my I want my point for so you think... You, know, <laughs> <laughs> you better remember it because I'm bringing it up tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's right before he um, he uh, stops, you know, what, what does he do? He, you know, he puts a ban on the Jesuits or whatever he does. So it would... That, I love that movie. That's one of the best cultural like it's not a catholic movie it's a it's a regular cultural movie that shows a beautiful side of catholicism got a little communism in there but you know okay so it definitely wasn't gregory the ninth <clears throat> so that's way too long i, I just i just i just lost my point yeah, he's negative one for tomorrow <laughs> negative one <laughs> you, you're lucky though you don't have to compete with me tomorrow yeah, Rob's not gonna, oh, Rob's not gonna be on tomorrow. So. Yeah, I can't man. be on tomorrow. Joe, Joe you gonna fix your Wi-Fi and pick up your microphone before you show tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right, I, all right. It is getting late. It is getting late, so we're gonna wrap it up. Um, we are doing a trivia show tomorrow night. Uh, most of the guys you see here will be on it, other than Rob. We also have um, uh, Trevor's gonna be on and Connor McCullough, who is a Catholic who has a, his own YouTube channel, and he has no arms. Um. So I watched one of his videos the other day. He had Dr. Bergsman. It was a really good video. Now, I don't know how we're going to do the buzzer situation because he has no arms. So I don't know. We might have to do – we'll talk to him, and we'll figure it out. And we may have to work out a different system, but we'll figure it out. I'm really actually looking forward to it, but it's going to be uh, probably like six or seven of us. So, everybody, thank you so much for coming on. Please hit like. Check out Tradmen Podcast. These guys are awesome. They're our new really good friends. Uh, they have an interview with Cameron O'Hearn that aired simultaneously with this, which I'm a little upset with them about. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, was, that was on me, bro. Sorry. <laughs> Everybody that's watching this right now in the comments, we've written down all their names, and we will remember every single person. <laughs> well, if you guys want to go check out their podcast, it's Tradmen Podcast on YouTube. Go check them out. They got a nice interview with Cameron O'Hearn on that I'm going to listen to on my way into work in the morning. Uh, Rob will not be with us tomorrow. Uh, Joe will be so you got anybody have anything you guys want to promote anything like that well if you just I just want to add one thing because I saw Joe pop up here in the comments again um, if he has if he ever has any questions because he asked me that question earlier about the Church of Christ his family if you ever uh, have any questions or you want to talk about anything further um, feel free to email me at our at our email tradmanpodcast at gmail.com yeah absolutely uh, and we're all on Twitter uh, if you have a guys, if you guys, uh, look, you'll see at track, well, everybody, but Mark. So if you guys got to get in touch with us, anybody wants, if anybody wants to be on the trivia show, you guys can email us at, uh, avoiding Babylon at gmail.com. We do bring, no. no. Oh, Anthony it, at avoiding Babylon. Anthony at avoiding Babylon.com. Joe at avoiding Babylon.com or. Rob. Adam, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you guys want to be on the trivia show, message me on Twitter or Anthony email. at avoidingbabylon.com as in, in, email. Anthony, before you click end broadcast, I have an actual outro. So whenever you're ready, let me know. Let's see our new outro. We got an oh, outro. No. Let's check it out. It's going to be professional, guys. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Don't do it yet, Rob. Okay. Yeah. Uh, don't on. do it yet.
Hold don't on. do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Hang on. No, 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 no. Put us back on. Put our faces back on. I can hear you. I want our faces on. Hang on. I got to do something. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. The He-Man theme song. All right, now do the outro. <laughs> I just want to make sure everybody had that one in their head. <laughs>